Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to another edition of the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, a timeout in the intro. My friend, please, floor is yours. Well, I wasn't going to show up to the show today. Yes. Um, because I wasn't happy with the current arrangement that right. we had. But you told me that uh, you would give me up to 90 seconds of additional talking time today uh, if I hit my incentives during the show. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to come back here. I'm going to come back for my, for my one show deal. Uh, that is in reference to the breaking news from yesterday that absolutely derailed a show that Jamie and I produced way ahead of time because there wasn't a shot on planet earth that we thought that the deal that was going to be agreed to by the giants and Saquon Barkley would be agreed to. Don't worry. We're not going to do the entire show on this, but we felt we spent Friday's takes on takes and yesterday's, uh, news and note show on it. We felt like it required to. For it to be the part of the show here at the beginning, we are going to get into quarterback yeah. interception props here in a second. But, Jamie, you make the joke. For those of you who maybe have not seen the the inner framework of the deal, so did not know this was available as an option. I'm not surprised now seeing that it was an option, that, that this is what they came to. But I did not know you were allowed to rework the terms on what the franchise tag is if you want. But it does make some sense. So what they agreed to is a one-year deal. It does have the 10.1 fully guaranteed from the franchise tag which it has to have and then it's up to 11 million dollars in incentive the tag was adjusted a little bit to add a two million dollar signing bonus as well as the incentives the incentives worth nine hundred and nine thousand dollars are as follows 1350 rushing yards and a playoff berth 11 touchdowns and 65 receptions and what makes this topic so fun for this show is one person's responsibility on this podcast is to type at a keyboard, smash down, do the additions, and come up with projections for the players for each season. So my friend Jamie Eisner can tell me how likely it is that Saquon Barkley is going to hit any of these. Um. Well, I don't have him hitting any of them, spoiler alert. And I don't um, think they're going to hit do. the playoff berth one either. Well, I, And that was the closest one I have him because I have Saquon at 1,287 yards. Uh, I have met 9.6 total touchdowns, and I have him at... Uh, 54 receptions. So I have him slightly under all of those marks. And so it, it, taking all that, all those pieces of information together, essentially here is what happened. And, and by the way, uh, I am not ashamed to admit that I had no idea that you could do this. And yeah, uh, no in doing some research today, I found out that the last time this had happened, uh, where a player that didn't sign their franchise tag post the deadline uh, signed like a one-year restructured deal like this was 1995. I was one year deal. Old. Yeah, and the deal looked very similar. And I wasn't uh, I wasn't watching football in 95. I didn't really get into watching football till around 2000. Um, so I would say this, and and I've been basically here's how this all boils down. 
Okay, so it's essentially playing on the franchise tag with these two caveats. One, he gets $2 million front-loaded to him uh, versus the franchise tag, which from what I understand was an equal payment uh, in terms of whenever you – I forgot the exact game check schedule that NFL players have now because it has changed throughout the years, but uh, it is exact an exact amount per game on the franchise tag that's guaranteed. So in this case, he got a $2 million up front, so he got to walk home with a $2 million check today. Uh, and he's got the only additional monies that he what would, would you do? earn. Time out. Time out. I'm going to use one. Yeah. What would you do if you just ran – like just just because, just got a random check for $2 million? Like I, I can't even compartmentalize what I would do if like yeah. you said, hey, Chris, what, doing a great job on the show. Here's a check for $2 million. Like I don't know what yeah, I would I, do with that. No, and but again, it's also have the context of the lives we live versus the life Saquon Barkley really lives. Um, and but still, uh, I'd probably have a nice dinner tonight. I'm sure Saquon Barkley's having a good steak, um, somewhere. So essentially, the only "quote unquote" new money that would be in this deal are those incentives that you that you read out, and those three different incentives that he has to reach. Uh, he could. It's theoretically possible he can reach one or all of them. I don't think it's likely, but he's got a shot, which is money he had zero percent of chance to earn if he was on the franchise tag. But all this really does, quite frankly, is gives him a carrot to earn a little bit more money. $2 million gets uh, basically a $2 million draw for those of you that have ever been paid weekly or paid in cash or worked those kind of jobs. He basically gets a $2 million draw uh, that he doesn't have to wait extra time for, but that's really it. But I was I was surprised to see this come together, and I was really surprised to see this come together the this early. Yeah, this is because it's part, not that much extra. It's not a huge concession on the giant side, and it's also not anywhere near what Saquon wanted in a long term deal anyway. So to come to this agreement eight days removed from the deadline in which they passed in order to sign a long term deal doesn't feel like there's a major concession on anybody's side. In fact. This feels like a massive win for Joe Shane in New York. Oh, Giants. yeah, it's a huge They win get for the Saquon on a one-year deal. They didn't have to budge on the money. There's no provision in here that they can't tag him again. They could have put that in there. There's no provision in there that says they can't tag him again next offseason. So they get to continue this year-to-year commitment with Saquon Barkley, get the luxury of him at his peak years, not being the team that pays him the long-term deal. And really, honestly, Jamie, if you're Joe Shane in the New York Giants, and I hate to look at things this way, you won. What's oh, stopping absolutely you from, did. What's stopping you from doing this again in eight months? Well, and they're probably going to. And so – or at that point, they'll be able to get a more reasonable number maybe from Saquon. So reasonable in terms of what they believe. Right. Uh, it's not me to determine what is reasonable for Saquon Barkley. But um, to me, this is absolutely a huge win for the New York Giants. I – I'm not surprised that Saquon would sign a deal like this. I'm just surprised this came together so soon after the deadline. This felt like that there would need to be some more posturing. The reality was it wasn't going to matter unless Saquon missed games. And I he didn't really have much. Again, there wasn't much leverage to work with at this point in the calendar anyway. Like you, you can't – like you said on the right. show we did yesterday – Joe Shane could wake up tomorrow and decide he wants to pay, make Saquon Barkley the highest paid player in NFL history. Can't do it. doesn't matter. Can't do it. Right. So – but yes, I was a little surprised to see this come together, but it, it is a big win for the Giants. And it, it's a big win not only for the front office, but it's a big win for the coaching staff and and players on the team and others that don't have to answer the Saquon Barkley question over that was over inevitably over coming over and over again over the next few months. It could focus on uh, I, what I still think is an uphill battle to being a playoff team this year. I, I'll say this. 
I would not be as surprised at this move happening so soon if it was for more money. If it was 12, 13, 14, 15 yeah. million dollars on a one-year deal because they wanted to add some extra dollars so that they got Saquon into camp and they didn't have this cloud hanging over the the team into training camp, then I could see it. Honestly, Jamie, and I know to somebody to people like you and I, $909,000 feels like a lot, but in the grand scheme of football, that's pennies. Yeah. That's what they were fighting over. He came to a deal because they just upped it by $909,000 in incentives. The, just feels weird. The only, the only thing I can think of is you need that $2 million now and not in September. Uh, right? I mean, like that's, I mean, materially, I mean, yes, there's the 900, whatever, $909,000. But in it's incentives. the same amount of guarantees. That's new money. The only difference is he's got a $2 million check today instead of the, the first week of the regular season. Okay. And he wouldn't have necessarily got paid two. He wouldn't get paid two million dollars in the first week. He would have got paid the prorated bonus of ten point whatever it was seven yeah. ten point one million divided by eighteen. Right. But what you know what I mean? But like, really, it's just a fronting of of money is the biggest piece of the equation here. If any of it mattered, or if he just kind of realized that, hey man, like I got no leverage. This sucks. But like, go support. What am I going to do? I better right. better get in the camp. So uh, QB interception props was what we are supposed to be doing on the show today. We do yes. plan on continuing to do that. We have a host of quarterbacks that we are going to discuss. And Jamie, we will start with the first guy. We stay in the New Jersey, New York metro area, Jamie. We stay inside MetLife Stadium. We just go across the hall and we look at the new quarterback for the New York Jets and his interception number. And this number confuses me a little bit, Jamie. Nine and a half is his interception number. And I've got every year that Aaron Rodgers has played in his career from 2005 all the way up oh. to 2022. Memorized, right? As you, as Jets fan, like you remember everything? I do. Remember every single okay. thing. He's only gone over this number three times. 20, 2008, 2010, and then last year with 12. All these other years, he, he maxes out at like eight. So this number feels a little high, feels very inflated off of the 12 that he had last year. But your thoughts on this number? Yeah, I, I feel the same way as you do. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers throughout his career has had a remarkably low interception percentage. Uh, in his entire career, he's thrown an interception on less than 1.5% of his passes. And he has led the NFL interception percentage six times, including four of the last five years, not including last season. Now, obviously, we saw some step back last year for a number of reasons. You could talk about the, you know, other various injuries, age, uh, the supporting cast around him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I don't think we're going to see a double-digit interception year from Aaron Rodgers. I like the weapons that he has around them. I do think once Brees Hall returns, they will have a solid enough running game that they'll be able to rely on that aspect as well. I just don't think this is going to be a year that's going to be one of those outliers, like you mentioned, these last those three years of his career. Again, one of them was his first year starting. One of them was last year. So it's kind of sandwiched in between those. Those are the bread of the Aaron Rodgers interception sandwich. History tells me he's not going to do that again. History tells me that his, his touchdown percentage is going to continue to be low. And quite frankly, I have him right now at 6.8 in my projection. So that's significantly lower than what this number's coming in at almost three interceptions lower. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know, Chris, you, you tell me if I'm wrong, I, I don't see it. And the other thing with this number is that if you're worried about injury or something, that's less opportunity to throw interceptions if you're hurt. So yeah. I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't take the under here. Number feels weird to me. You have more historical data with Aaron Rodgers than you have with most quarterbacks that we're going to do this exercise with today. 
And the fact that take out last year, Jamie, for a myriad of different reasons, the injury, the getting used to the new receiving core, just a lot of stuff, right? And I'm not excusing Aaron Rodgers' play, but I'm just saying, take that stuff out of the equation, right? He's only done it two other times. Yeah. And you got to go back to 2010 to find a recent year in which he's done it. Like, and there are a lot of times where he's not close. I mean, four, we're talking four, five, five six. four, two, six. Right. Like the last time he even got within one it was eight. of this right. was 2015. That's eight mm. seasons ago. Eight. Yeah. So the historical data just doesn't back this up. And while I'm questionable on his ability to throw the amount of touchdowns that you said, and we had that conversation when we had the touchdown prop, yeah. the interceptions I feel pretty strong about. That I just historically the data doesn't doesn't add up. Now, historically, the data adds up for this next guy that we're going to talk about. Patrick Mahomes, 11 and a half. Jamie, in the six-year career of Patrick Mahomes, five years as the primary starter there in Kansas City, he's gone over this and has been a double-digit interception guy three of his five years as the starter, and has done it each of the last two seasons. Back-to-back years with double-digit interceptions, 12 last year and 13 in 2021. This is kind of the byproduct of the player that he is, that he's going to hit this number because he's done it three of the five years he's been the starter. It's also also more so a product of the amount of volume that he has as well. Yeah. Like he's, he's not a, a, like his, I believe he's at 1.6% interception percentage for his career. So that's not bad by any means, but he just throws the ball a freaking lot. Um and to me, I still have him going over this number slightly. I have him at 12.32, which kind of puts him, really in the middle of what he's done the last two years, just because of that volume. Like this is a guy that's going to throw the ball 650 times a, a, a year when you throw it that often. And quite frankly, when you throw it that often with not a lot of reliable pass catchers outside of Travis Kelsey, these things are going to happen. I mean, this is a percentage game as well. And we'll talk about this. And I don't remember if he's on today's show or tomorrow's show, because there's a whole narrative about Dak Prescott's interceptions. We will get into that That'll whenever his tomorrow's name comes show. up. Okay, good. I'm glad because I want he's to spend f- some time on he's that. He's the first name for tomorrow's show. Great. I'm so, I, You're so good. I should know this because I, I put this you together. Produced the list, I, yeah. should, I should remember you should this. Remember, but yeah. uh, this is a case, and I'll get into deeper with uh, with Dak Prescott on tomorrow's show. But in this case, this is more of a, a volume-based issue here. So I'm not running to the the – betting window on this yeah, because it's no very problem. conceivable that he he doesn't do this because the number's pretty high but i do think he goes slightly over on this and again more of a volume issue than a actually i'm trying to look right now 1.6 percent aaron Rodgers, 1.4 so that gives you a good idea of like aaron Rodgers has not been known as an interception guy they're about the same but mahomes just throws the ball so much just more. Throws right. the ball so damn much uh, speaking of volume, uh, volume is my takeaway for this next guy that we're going to talk about, that being Jalen Hurts at 8.5. Uh, Jamie, the the thing here is he went from 432 attempts in 2021 and then increased that to 460. It's not a ton, it's 28 attempts, but saw an increase in the volume that he was throwing the ball and had his interceptions go down from 9 yeah. to 6. So he's only hit this number once in his three short years in the National Football League. We know that they're going to run the ball quite a bit. He's going to run the ball quite a bit. I don't see the volume necessarily changing all that much. I kind of like this as a number, and I think I would lean towards the under on this. He has a propensity of, of taking care of the ball. I think the concern you would have from a turnover perspective is his, him, of him fumbling the ball because he runs it yeah. so much. I don't have a super concern about this. I don't know if I'm doing cartwheels, but I, I like the under. Yeah, I mean, I have him a little under this as well. I have him at seven this year, and you kind of look at, you know, he had a dramatic drop. I mean, he he was sitting at closer to like 2.4, 2.3% in the interception rate in his first 
couple years in the league in his first 19 starts. And uh, I, I was obviously he protected the ball a lot better this past year. But I agree. Uh, there are a number of reasons for this. Obviously, he's got some playmakers that you're excited about. But again, he's not throwing at the same volume as some of these other quarterbacks are. And I think that's why you're seeing such a low number here. Uh, you know, his fumble numbers have pretty have stayed pretty consistent uh, in the in the three years of his career. But his interceptions have, as you pointed out, took a dramatic drop. And I think that's about where they're going to stay. Maybe not the 1.3% they were last year where he threw only six in 460 attempts. But um, I, I think he's going to be seven-ish. Maybe eight. You, you've got that little bit of wiggle room there with the hook. So I like the under as well. I'm, I'm not running to it because it is such a low number. And I mean, you could have a, one disastrous game that just kind of completely puts you in a weird spot here. But I, I like the under here. Deshaun Watson, next guy up for us to discuss. 11 and a half here on the numbers. Only got to this number once back in 2019 with the 12 interceptions, but was on pace to fly over this number last year if he would have played in a full season. Had five interceptions in the six games that he played for the Cleveland Browns. I don't think regular, everyday listeners of this show need me to go into my diatribe about what I think Deshaun Watson is going to be here in 2023. So I will pass the baton over to you, Jamie, and let me know what you think. Yeah, uh, it's too close for comfort to me. Uh, I am at 10.5 interceptions. Um, this was this is something that we... He's been very hit or miss with this, and actually kind of seen this seesaw throughout his career in terms of his, his passing turnover numbers where... Uh, you know, he was when he first got in in that six game stretch, as good as he was, he was still turning the ball over uh, on almost four percent of his throws. Then he had a great season in year two, spiked back again slightly to, to that double digit touchdown, or excuse me, double digit interception mark a year later, was great back in 2020. And as we all know, was he was terrible last year. Like, let's be honest, he was terrible last year. So it's kind of gone every other year type of thing. Uh, I do think he is going to be a guy that is perpetually a 10-ish interception guy. So him being at 11 and a half here, I think, is, is a reasonable number for him. Not one that I'm going to you know, run to the podium to support him on, but this is something that I really think is going to be part of his game going forward, even if those other numbers come back, even if he can come back and be you know, a 25, 28, 30 touchdown type of player. I think it's going to continue to come with nine, 10, 11 interceptions along the way, you know, versus the numbers he was kind of putting up before he left, which was that 33 and seven year, or even the number when his first three year starter, when he was 26 to nine in the touchdown interception ratio. Uh, I think that this is really the the one now. Geno Smith up next for us to discuss, Jamie, 11 and a half on the interceptions. And this is tough. You've got really three years that you can base this off of. The two years back in 2013 and 2014, which he was over this number with 21 interceptions and then 13 interceptions in its two years as a starter for the Jets. And then last year, the 17 games that he played for Seattle in which he had 11. That's it. All those other years in between when he's with the Jets, the Giants, the Chargers, the first couple years with the Seahawks, you got just throw all those, th all those games out. You got three-year sample size that is very far apart to decide what you want to do with Geno Smith. And that is why uh, we, we've been using this analogy of lining up at the betting window. I have my chair, and I'm sitting on the sidelines. I'm just watching everybody else bet on this one. Yeah, I actually might want to bet the over here. Um, so I, I, I could tell you that my projections have been 15 picks, which is significantly above this 11.5 total. Uh, I think we, we could, and, and I hate doing this because this doesn't really bring in much analysis, but I think we could sometimes like take a common sense approach here, or at least a, a thought about common sense. And I, and I would say this. Do we think he's going to be worse than he was last year? Which version? 
I do. Just the totality. Yeah, I think he's going to be more the second half Geno than he was first half Geno. Which would make him worse overall. Right. He had 11 interceptions last year. He had a 1.9% interception percentage, which was by far the lowest of his career uh, in, in when he started more than three games. And in the two years that he started with the Jets, it was at 4.7% and 3.5%. So to me, unless you're betting on him being able to do a legitimate full repeat of what he did last year from coast to coast, week one to week 18, which I don't think is going to happen, I like the over here. Uh, I, I think this is this is very much the books being like, yeah, we don't know what to do with Gino either. So we're going to kind of look at what he did last year and base our numbers off that. I think I can very simply look at this and say everything but from his upfront stats to his peripheral stats say that he's probably going to be worse on some level than he was last year, which means I would take the over. Josh Allen has the highest number of anybody that we are going to talk about on our list today. His number being 13. And tomorrow. And tomorrow, I haven't. I didn't look ahead that much. So the highest yeah. of anybody that we're going to discuss here on the show at 13 and a half. Jimmy, you look at the historical data here, career high of picks in 2021 in which he threw 15. I think the important historical data to note there is he, th- he threw the ball 646 times that year in which he had 15 interceptions. Last year, he had almost 80 less attempts throwing the football. It was down to 567. He still threw 14 interceptions. Yeah, it's kind of the it's the dirty little secret about Josh Allen still is that the interceptions have been a problem and they've been a problem pretty much his entire career uh, outside his true breakout 2020 season, you know, where he was second in the MVP race. He made his first Pro Bowl was like the big, you know, the big star there where he had that 37 touchdown to 10 interception season. We threw 572 times, but uh, this has been an issue, you know, his his. Interception percentage has gone from 3.8 to 2 to 1.7, which is we just talked about that year, to 2.3 to 2.5. And it's been consistently above two most of his career. Uh, I think it will continue to be that way. Uh, I have him projected right now for 14.7. That's very close to 13.5. That's very close. Yeah. And and so you might not want to bet this one, but there's a reason why this is so high. And I was, you know, you might be surprised to see, as we said, we're going to talk about 22 quarterbacks that are listed with interception odds. And he has the highest of anybody, which is you wouldn't necessarily consider given where he ranks in the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks, but turnovers continue to be an issue for him. They were really bad last year. Some of his 14 picks last year were brutal. He threw threw a couple against the jets um, that were just like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, they were. uh, I'm trying to remember like who had like some of like the most ridiculous interceptions last year, but like he was up there. Uh, It's a concern. And when we talk about the Buffalo Bills this year, if things go south, and for them, south is wild card. Let's be honest. Them is south is not winning the division. South is having to play multiple road playoff games. This is going to become a topic. It's flown under the radar. It doesn't get talked about like we've already mentioned earlier, like Dax interceptions yet. Because, because they the win just enough. They win just and, enough. And Josh Allen's also finished top three, two of the last two years in MVP voting. Right. But it's it's a concern. And again, I'm not saying Josh Allen's not an elite passer. I'm just saying that when we start to talk about these players, this is a concern. And his 13, 14 interceptions are coming on far fewer attempts than Mahomes' 11, 12 interceptions. Uh, Jordan Love, the next player up for us to discuss here. And Jamie, I need to use – this is this is very rare. I'm going to use a timeout on myself. I am speaking, and I'm using a timeout. I'm using yeah. one of my three. I have one remaining. Okay. Remind me, I have a PSA, very important uh, PSA for the listeners of this show. There is a player – that I am officially out on. 
that I have I'm removing myself from the, the the conversation on, and I will share that at the end of the show. Forgot to do it at the beginning of the show. Want to make okay. sure I get it in here at the end of the show. But in the meantime, we're going to talk about Jordan Love, who I have listen. I don't think the number's absurd, but I'm staying away from this. It's twelve and a half because I, guys played ten games in his career. Has never yeah. been a primary starter. I have no idea what this offense is going to look like. Like, sure, could he throw twelve and a half interceptions? Yeah, absolutely. He could throw thirteen picks. Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. But like, yeah. I don't know. That's where I'm at. Like, I haven't projected for fifteen, but that's assuming that. He plays the full season. He's healthy the full season. He, uh, I would assume he'd be the start of the full season. I can't imagine he's going to get benched unless he gets hurt because who else are they going to go to? Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I don't really want to bet on Jordan Love. I do think that history tells me from his tendencies that there's a good chance that he could be a high interception guy. But I also feel like I can't really pull with any confidence that I truly know what I'm going to get when Jordan Love gets extended playing time. And so I, it is what it is. Also, by the way, Chris, can you name the backup quarterback for the Packers? Off the top of your head? It's not Tim Boyle. He's in uh, New York hanging out with Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson. Um, the backup quarterback. I'll take one of two answers because I guess it's still technically the is, um, is Brett Huntley there as the backup quarterback? No, he is mm, not. hate that for me. That, um, Deshaun Kaiser, is he still there? I don't believe Deshaun Kaiser is allowed to play football anymore. Okay. After some of his performances in Cleveland. Okay. That's it. Those are my two guesses. Um, I would have accepted Sean Clifford. Uh, Heldy's probably be mad at me that I didn't get Or Sean Danny Clifford. Etling. Oh, Heldy's probably mad at me that I didn't get either of those guys. Because yeah, Heldy's he, very mad at you. And I'm the sure Sean Clifford thing I probably should have gotten. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Heldy. So, yeah, brain's... I expect Jordan Love, barring injury, to be the starter throughout the year. Um, which actually might be good for the over here, but I'm not, I'm not betting. I'm not doing it. This next guy that we're going to discuss, I, I am – I'm not – I think it's a brisk jog to the podium. For for this this uh this prop, oh, not, I'm running not because not because I think he's going to be bad, but because Sprinted. the volume is going to be so large compared to I'm what it has been. The speed of Lamar Jackson to t- take the over on it's nine and a half, and I'm taking the over too. My guy's going to throw the ball a bajillion times. Like he's the volume I'm, is just going to get us the difference. There. That's the difference. I think that part's – I haven't projected, by the way, for 14.4 interceptions. He threw again, seven I'm, last year in 326 pass attempts. Yeah. He's going to throw a, way more than that. I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson, but I also – there's a, going to be a significant jump, and I think a very, very significant jump in volume, which typically means there's going to be more touchdowns, but it also means there's going to be more interceptions. Jamie, what do you have his attempts at for 2023? I have him at in 15 games. Do yeah. you want a per game or do you want the total? Give me the total. Uh, 537. Jamie, his career high going into this season is 401, which was back in 2019. He threw 13 picks two years ago when he played in 12 yeah. games and threw the ball 382 times. You're adding 200 attempts and you're telling me we can't get That's why nine I'm... interceptions? We're getting there. Now, the concern is how much time does he miss with injury? It, it doesn't that, matter. My guy's thrown 20 the interceptions the last two seasons and he's played in 24 games. But yeah, I, I, by the way, I love Lamar. Don't get me wrong. Oh, Lamar statistically, I think he's going to have a great season. He's just going to throw in interceptions. Yes, like right now, for my, my full projection for Lamar Jackson is is uh, three thousand nine hundred eighty yards, twenty nine touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. So like, if I were, if I get it really granular, it's twenty nine point two touchdowns and fourteen point four interceptions. That's still a great season from Lamar. A really good season, but right. yeah, nine and a half. Se- that maybe under the old volume yeah. that that would be closer, but not, not under Todd Monken era, baby. Kirk Cousins, next up for us to discuss. 12 and a half is the number. Hit it last year with 14. Hit it back in 2020 with 13. Then you have to go back to 2017. is last year in Washington in which he got to this number. J. 
Jimmy, I think the thing I would lean on here is last year, his first year in this offense is probably most indicative of what he's going to look like here because he had 643 pass attempts last year in this Minnesota offense, a career high for him across yeah. uh, both Washington and Minnesota, and he threw 14 picks. I don't see any reason why with the addition of Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and Dalvin Cook being gone, that all of a sudden Kevin O'Connell is going to look down at the play sheet and go, ah, you know what? Let's not throw the ball 643 times. They're still going to yeah. throw it in incredible volume, and Kirk, I think, still going to do Kirk things, and we're going to see some interceptions. Yeah, I have met 11 interceptions. I have 629 attempts, so I don't run quite as much as last year, but pretty darn close. I mean, that's within the margin of error at that point. It, you know, this one's a stay away from me because he's kind of bounced back and forth. He also has had kind of had the every, every other year thing when it's come to the t- interception percentage, but he has generally been been better, under 2% during his time in Minnesota. It was at 2.2% last year. Uh, I think this is close. I think this is... Right where it should be. If you ask me again, I projected 11, 11 or 12 seems about right. Probably this is a complete stay away from me. But I am with you, Chris, in general. I do expect the Vikings to throw as much as they have. I, I don't see any volume switch coming for Kirk Cousins. Well, there's no immediate reason to do so, right? They, they didn't. They got worse Perfect. at the position that could potentially eat away at their throwing volume. Yeah, I don't think that's going to make them want to run the ball more. No, and I don't think their defense would allow them to run right. the ball a lot more. Their defense even if ain't going to be good. Wanted to. Right, exactly. Uh, Russell Wilson, next up for us to discuss. Ten and a half is the number. He hit it last year through 11 picks. Uh, did it in 2020 with 13. Did it in back-to-back years in 2016 and 17 with the Seahawks throwing 11. But he's kind of all over the map when you look at this, Jamie. Sometimes he's in the double digits, then he's at five. Then yeah. he's in the double digits, and then he's at six. And then he's got like a year when he has like nine, seven, eight. So he's all over the place. And this, I think, really boils down to, and this is why I'm sitting this one out. I got to see what Sean Payton does to this team. And until that, we've talked about this plenty of times. I mean, say it again. Season-long props for the Denver Broncos is not going to be us. Samaje Ryan week one rushing props, we're going to be all over those. We're going to be all over those in the early going. But season-long Denver props, no thank you. Yeah, I have Russell Wilson at 10.55. Okay, so you are going to sit this one out. I am sitting this one out as well. And look, it's been – really, it's been a tale of a lot of different runs for him because he has shown that he has that 2%, you know, double-digit touchdown – excuse me, double interception potential a lot. Like he has been over, he is technically at 1.9% for his career, but he's been over 2%, one, two, three, four, five, six times in his career. And he's had double digit interceptions in five of those six seasons. So I think it's more likely he's going to be a double digit interception guy anyway, even if there is some improvement. I mean, sure. he, I mean, he was a pro bowler at times with those double digit interceptions, right? Like he made back to back pro bowls with those. So, I just, uh, to me, I think there's going to be plenty of volume for him to get it, even though I do think they're going to try to run the ball significantly. But I think he's just going to be a 10, 11, 12 interception guy for, from here on out for however long here on out is. It's kind of the guy he is, and he showed those flashes earlier in his career. And typically that doesn't get better as you age. Last guy for us to discuss, and then I got my PSA for the listeners of the show. Tua Tonga Vailoa, 10 and a half. Jimmy, he's never hit this number. He's gotten five, yeah. 10, and eight. But the reason why he's never hit this number is because he doesn't play in a full season. Because he yeah. would, he's on, I think he, I'm looking at this, definitely on pace in 2021 to get there. He had 10 and 13 yeah. games. And in 2022, he had 8 and 13 games. So we've, we talk about this all the time, a lot on this show. Are you going to bet on injury? Because that's what you I think you would need to be betting on in order to stay clear of this number. 
Yeah, this is a stay away from me. I have him at 9.75, which is pretty close here. And and it's and that is in what is my projection for two? That is for 13 games. So uh I, I think over a full season, this is the lock. Uh he has been known to be a, a two plus percent interception thrower. I think that's gonna be what he is. The problem is is it's really difficult to pinpoint the volume that you expect from him. And like I said, I'm here at 13 games and his 13 game numbers look pretty fun. Like mm-hmm. 3,650 yards, 25 touchdowns, 9.75 interceptions. That's pretty good numbers for 13 games, but I don't feel comfortable projecting him to play more than that. So at this stage, this no, is, absolutely not. I feel like every, and we've talked about this before, but it feels like every Tua prop is just literally a bet on his health. Like the numbers are, are kind of playing that line of, is he going to miss three or four games or is he going to miss half the season? Like that's the game that you're, that's the game you're playing mm-hmm. with all of these two of props and that's what you're playing here. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we got Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones, Matthew Stafford, just to name a few of the 11 QBs that we are going to discuss. But my important PSA for the listeners of this show, Jamie does not know the player that I am officially making the proclamation that I am out on until further notice. I think I know. You do. You want to take a guess before I Is say it a quarterback? It? It's not a quarterback. No. Oh, then I have no idea. I am officially. I out. thought this was. I thought this was, this came up because we were talking quarterback. No, no. Yeah, this is no this idea. was something that I wanted to share with you this morning that I didn't, and so now I'm okay. using the opportunity on the show to share this. I am officially, for the moment, still love the prospect, still hoping for the best. I am currently officially putting myself in the camp. Is this a jet? I'm out on Jamison Williams. I'm out. Oh. I'm out. Six game suspension. Guy's now hurt. Suffered a leg injury. He's going to miss some time. I, I am now putting myself firmly in the camp. Okay. I'm out until further notice. It's understandable. There's a lot of hype around a guy who's played in like four games. So I'm moving myself to the I'm out section. There, there does come a point where there's a lot of things have – a lot of injuries have racked up in a row and obviously missing time. Injury, suspension, suspension, hurt again. Although, I'm out. Again, I think I think it was like a cramp. I'm just saying <laughs> – I'm just saying I'm out for the he moment. He could be ready for week seven. He's got a wild – He, he got, does have a while to recover from this injury. Yeah, it's, it's okay. He does have some time. But I'm just out for right now, so I'm making that – But by the way, high key, the Lions do actually, for this year at least, they, they need to get something out of Jamison Williams. He needs to be I on the field for them. I think it's important for that roster. They, they, he needs to be on the field for them. So it, it's it, – oh, you know what? You know who you know who this show's back in on? Jimmy Graham going to the Saints. We didn't talk about that at all today. I could not care. I asked you – this shows you how bad it was that I asked you when you shared the news with me yesterday – if it was to play or if it was to retire a saint. That's how that's how much I think of Jimmy Graham for 2023. I by the way, I don't think Jimmy Graham makes the roster. So I, I don't think we're gonna have to be worrying about this. I'm just saying, think about where it's what it says about Jimmy Graham that, that was the question that I asked. Is it a contract to retire a saint or is retire. He, or is he playing? Yeah, it, well, he hasn't played in a while. Um yeah, I, I I will say this right now. I don't believe Jimmy Graham makes the roster, so I don't think we have to worry about this. Let's not I mean, yes, it's kind of fun to see Jimmy Graham back in New Orleans, but let's remember he was very bad when he left and he's old. I know by the way. I want to know who you thought I was out on that was a quarterback. Who did you think Justin I was Fields? No, but I've already been out on Justin Fields. Yeah, well, that's, that's where I thought you were going because I thought you started to name – you named every, like a bunch of guys for tomorrow but him, and I went, oh, that's why because he's going to make this transition here. Now, I'm here and to tell I you – maybe you were going to be out on Will McDonald because he got hurt too or something. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Yeah. If Justin Fields is inside like the top 60 in the NFL 100 list, he's we're going to be – What? He's 86. He's number 86. You, you know this for a fact? This came out already? Yes. Okay, because yeah. I've been avoiding this list at all costs. Yeah, no, no. He's number 86. 
which is still too high. It was way too high. It was way too but, high for this. But that's that's well, you know. Let's say we have takes on this. I think. Uh, for I sure. assume the, 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 the way premium, that the chat has been talking about it. We probably have takes. We could talk on this Friday. The TDM Premium Discord. Every time an update drops, they put it in there, and there's at least a 10 minute conversation on just randomness among the list. So yes, it has been a topic of conversation. We'll save that for Friday. We're out of here. More QB props for tomorrow. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We greatly do appreciate it. Video version of the show available on the YouTube side of things. Just search up the Draft Network and everything is available there for you. You can follow Jamie on X at Jamie Eisner. You can follow me at Chris Schubert underscore. Listen, Jamie, I got to say it. My, my tweet deck now has the X logo. The Twitter itself has the X logo. I think I got to start calling it X now. You're going to start calling them Zeets? Is that what they're supposed or to have... be called? Well, they said on their official thing now, it's like X-E-E-T-S. I don't know how else you would pronounce that. That's going to do it for us here on this. That's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. Hope you all have a good one. We've got more QB interception props for you tomorrow. Talk to you guys then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.